Well, hey there, everyone. Hey, wherever you happen to be tuning in from, can I just say we are so glad that you chose to come and spend a little bit of time here with us. And hey, welcome to a new conversation, a conversation that we are calling Back to the Future, because <laughs> we're children of the 80s. Don't hate. We're just awesome. That's all there is to it. But no, really, we're calling this conversation Back to the Future because at least here in the state of Indiana, uh, we are starting to turn the corner and we're beginning to explore what it looks like to re-enter our world. And yet the thing we know for sure is there is no going back to what we left. There is only going back to the future. And the future in so many ways is going to be very different from the reality we left just a couple of months ago. And I know for those of you who hate change, please hang on a second, don't change the channel. We wanna just process this a little bit, because here's the thing, if we step into this new future, if we step into this new world unprepared, we are going to find ourselves super disappointed by unmet expectations we didn't even realize we had. We're gonna find ourselves disgruntled by the crazy behavior of people that veer from what we think should be common sense because this season showed up and it snow globed. It shook the world as we know it and things are going to be different. I'm just telling you, there's that friend that you've looked forward to seeing for a couple of months and you are going to go in for the hug and that friend will straight spray you with disinfectant. Things are going to be different. That could affect your relationship, you're going to want to hang out with people and have them over to your house and they'll come over to your house wearing their hazmat suits and they will sit 6.1 feet away from you on their folding chairs that they brought as they sit next to an open window at your house. And you will know right away that your desire to show them the pandemic clip from YouTube is probably not going to be a good idea. Things have changed a little bit. Yeah, you're going to go back to your kids' sporting events and you'll be surprised when you're told, I'm sorry, only one parent can come in and watch this event. So please choose your daughter's favorite parent, right? And then it will occur to you, whoa, 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 but, but if we you can't go in to watch this sporting event, that's less money for the venue, which means we're going to have to probably pay more money for overhead costs with our team. Life is going to look a little bit different. You're going to go to the store uh, talking about, I only have 10 minutes over my lunch break. I really just need to go in and get one thing. It's, it's a delicate product, but I've got to go in and get it now and you'll be shown to the line six feet apart because you have to wait because right now there are too many people in the store and you will find yourself agitated. That is unconstitutional. And for those of us who've been saying, oh, I can't wait to get back to church. Yeah, until you're told, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to go sit in this overflow room because we've reached the social distancing maximum capacity. And oh, by the way, uh, the section for masks is over here and the section for non-masks is over here. I'm sorry, did you just sneeze? Yeah, it's allergies. Mm -hmm. 
And hey, this is not personal, but I'd really rather your kids didn't come close to my grandpa because we, we have a situation that's brewing over here. And I don't understand why you're wearing a Jesus Loves Vaccines t-shirt. Would you please take that off? I'm just telling you, things are going to be different. And if we just haphazardly walk back into this new future without processing it a little bit, we run the risk of being discouraged, maybe even derailed a little bit by this season. And so we wanted to have a conversation called Back to the Future to start to look at what it might be like for us to prepare ourselves to walk into this new stage of life on purpose, with purpose. Um, thankfully for us, uh, we have the re-entry script of re-entry scripts. Come on, somebody. We have the ancient Almanac. We have God's word itself. It has been time tested. It's good for every era, past, present, and it will be good for the future. It's good for every situation, situations that we can predict and the situations that are going to be surprising to us. We have the script to help us navigate what re-entry looks like we may be stepping into a new world, but we have the privilege of standing on old truths. And so as I thought about this and process with our elders, I was drawn to a text of scripture here in our re-entry script that I think gives us some timely principles if we are going to re-enter on purpose with a purpose. And if you have a copy of the Bible, I would invite you to turn to Romans chapter 12. That's where we're going to be today, Romans chapter 12. And um, I'm going to start reading here at verse number one. Some tips for re-entering a new world. Here's what it says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices or as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So this chapter opens with the Apostle Paul, the author, making an urgent plea to God's people. This is not like, hey, do me a favor. This is not like, oh, it surely would be nice if you would consider this possibility. No, he is saying, please, I am begging you. And the thing he is begging is that God's people would go all in and live all out. He says, nothing else makes sense. I am begging you, go all in, live all out. Nothing else makes sense. The way the book of Romans is, is designed is that for the first 11 chapters, uh, the Apostle Paul spends time just unearthing and, and unveiling and uncovering covering he, this massive show and tell of all the glorious realities that are true 
about the followers of Jesus Christ because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. And when he gets to chapter 12, he kind of turns the corner and he says, if all of this is true about you, there is only one proper response. There is only one thing that makes sense, and I'm begging you to choose it. In view of God's mercy, go all in and live all out for the one who went all out for you. You've received mercy, now live like it. You've been freely forgiven. That's mercy. Every sin you have ever committed has been nailed to the cross. That's mercy. Every mistake and mess you ever made, every crime you've ever committed against the empire of heaven has been nullified. You've been declared not guilty. That is mercy. And Paul would say now, live like it. You've been freed from bondage. That's mercy. Now live like it. Every chain that held you back, keeping you from from running into everything that you've been designed to be has been snapped like a pea. It's been crushed on account of Jesus Christ getting up from the grave. Live like it. Every addiction that used to hold you no longer has power over you unless you give it back. You've been set free, he would say, now live like it. You've been friended by God, because I don't know if you knew, but the wages of your sin is death. God should have crushed you, but instead he crushed his son on the cross so he can be friends with you. That is mercy. And Paul would say, I beg you, live like it. Your future is situated. I don't know if you knew this, but your eternal forwarding address is already established forever and ever and ever. Heaven is your eternal home. Can you think of a greater security than that? That's mercy. And Paul would say, I am begging you, there is only one thing that makes sense Live all out. Go all in. If you've received that much mercy, only one response makes sense. No guilt. No chains. God is your friend. Your eternity is secure. Live like it. Live like it. I don't know how you're living your life right now, but I can tell you that if you're not going all in and living all out, then you are missing what mercy has freed and enabled you to do. If you are not living all out, then I'm telling you, you are wasting some serious holy horse power. And frankly, you're living a life that doesn't make much sense. Because Paul says the only proper response is to live all out. And here's the thing, right? As the doors to the future open, listen, church, there is only one way for us to walk into this new reality. 
going all in and living all out. I'm done with timid. I'm done with tame. Watch out, devil. I'm coming out. All out. Right? I'm not waiting to see what permission the future gives me to decide what I'm going to do. Mercy has given me all the authorization I need, so I am going all in and I am living all out. Paul says, you've received mercy, live like it. And what this new future is going to require of us is that kind of resolve. Okay. What does that look like, though? And I'm glad you asked, um, because, man, somebody might hear that and they'll be like, yeah, I'm going all out, man. Burn the masks. Burn them all. And somebody else will hear that and be like, that's right, man. I'm going to live all out. Like, I'm going to figure out how do I um, plan a citywide uh, drive-in showing of pandemic. I'm going and slow down, Tiger King. Paul actually gives us a picture of what it looks like to go all in and to live all out. And we want to spend the next few weeks studying this script that will help us as we re-enter. But for today, I just want to highlight two re-entry tips if you have time. Here's what Paul says in verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what it looks like to live all out. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You want to know what it looks like to live all out in a way that makes sense. Paul says, first thing, quit your plagiarizing. What? Focus on your own work and quit being a copycat. You want to live all out in light of mercy. And one of the first things Paul says is quit your plagiarizing. Isn't that an odd thing to say? I think so. But a powerful thing that I've been personally challenged by and something that I want to grow in. Paul says, stop conforming to the pattern of the culture around you. Stop copying what everyone else is doing. Quit your plagiarizing. Uh, the idea of conforming is, is this idea of fashioning myself or forcing myself to fit someone else's picture. Hmm. Is that thing I do when I wait to decide what to be or what to do based on a pattern that I see? 
And Paul would suggest, by the way, that every culture has its patterns. Every culture has these often unspoken pressures that tell us this is the way things are. I mean, you want to fit in. This is just the way we do things. This is the way things are done. And if we're going to go all in, if we're going to live all out in this new future, Paul would say, stop it. Quit your plagiarizing. Stop fashioning yourselves. Stop forcing yourselves to fit into a prescribed picture painted by the culture around you. Stop trying to fit into the picture on the brochure of your culture. Quit plagiarizing. Because back in the BC days, before COVID, uh, that is, I think without thinking about it, many of us forced ourselves to fit into someone else's picture of what to be or what to do. Many of us were living someone else's pattern on someone else's path, pressured into someone else's preferences. And I think we did it so much, it didn't even feel foreign to us anymore. Can I meddle a little bit? That's why some of us went to college. We didn't even pause long enough to ask, can I afford it? Do I want to spend the next 30 years of my life paying this thing off? Can I even stay awake in class? No. The brochure said this is what's supposed to come next, and so we did it. It's one of the reasons I don't ask high school seniors where they're going to college. I mean, just be single for a minute. And you're going to start to see the pressure that I'm talking about, the pressure that many of us have given into. Because, whoa, 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 you know what's supposed to come next, right? Have you met a cute somebody? Because that's what you're supposed to do next, you know? And some of us have gotten into relationships, not because that's the picture for us, but because that's what pressure says that we ought to do next. Stop plagiarizing. Stop borrowing somebody else's picture. And for some of us, that is why we're in the careers that we are in, because my dad and his dad before him, I've never paused long enough to ask, is this even me? And then the pressures continue because now I'm trying to make a certain amount of money so I can buy that house because that's what comes next and have that picket fence because that's what's on the brochure, you know, and, and then start to save up for retirement because that's where everybody's story is supposed to go. I'm like, retirement, who said? What do you mean who said? <laughs> that's what's supposed to come next. I hear this at my house, everyone has Snapchat. It's, it's, it's what's supposed to happen in, in this culture, I'll have you know. And, and everyone has shiplap. It's just what's supposed to happen in our homes. And before you know it, by the way, <laughs> every dude is wearing skinny jeans and every lady is wearing yoga pants. And by the way, if we loved each other enough, we would pull each other aside and say, girl, mm-mm. Please don't plagiarize those pants ever again. And grandpa, 
Ixnay on the NEJ skin jays, whatever you say in pig Latin, somebody write it in the comments so I can say it right next time. And before long, we even stop asking the question, do I like black and white in my house? No, but Jojo Gaines, she fixed her up at her house and this is just the way houses apparently are supposed to look these days. And then what happens eventually, we start to plagiarize morality. Like, since when did that relationship become okay? Well, it's, it's just the way it is. Dad, stay with the times. Paul would say, if you are going to step into this new future, with purpose, on purpose. If you're going to step into this new future in light of mercy, if you're going to go all in and live all out, quit plagiarizing. Stop being copycats. Crush the cookie cutter. Stop caving to the picture on the culture's brochure. Stop caving to what Snapchat says. Stop caving to what Pinterest says a cool mom is supposed to be. Quit your plagiarizing because you cannot start to be who you are until you quit being who you are not. And for some of us in the season before this season, we just went with it. And Paul would say it is time to break up with a pattern of plagiarizing. And I think God has given us an unusual window. And if some of us pay enough attention, we'll realize that as I've evaluated my life, I've seen things maybe for the first time that I just realized this is not me. I don't like this. I actually don't enjoy that. That actually doesn't bring me life at all. And you have an opportunity that you may not get again like this in your lifetime to say from this point forward, I am done plagiarizing. I am done living up to somebody else's picture. I am done trying to fashion myself into somebody else's pattern. And for some of you, I'm telling you, there's going to be an awakening where you find the courage to say, I can't go back to my job. I realize how delicate the economic situation is right now, but for some of you, you will know it. I cannot go back to this job. I have done it in order to make my grandfather smile, and he's not even around anymore. I refuse to keep plagiarizing somebody else's life. Where somebody may come out of this and say, man, I've just felt the need to always be in a relationship because... I felt like that's the thing to do, and that's what gives me status. And you may come out of this season and say, I'm done plagiarizing what someone else says I should be. And as a church, I pray that we will come out of this and we will decide we cannot be who we've been called to be until we stop being what other churches have been called to be. And we will not do that thing just because, well, that's what church is supposed to do. Paul would say, quit plagiarizing. You want to know what it looks like to live all out. Paul would say, stop plagiarizing. In what ways 
And maybe you can talk about this in your interactive groups, but in what ways have you been taking your cues from culture and maybe feeling pressure to live up to the picture on the brochure? Quit plagiarizing. And then Paul says, and upgrade your picture. Upgrade your picture. Look at what he says again, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Upgrade your picture. Uh, there are a lot of things I do these days that just make me feel old, but one of them is just realizing how much I hate change, which is one of the reasons I just do not update anything until I absolutely have to. And even then, I'm like, nah, I don't trust updates, which is one of the reasons I've not been able to play Boggle on this trusty iPad in over a year. Matter of fact, most apps on this thing don't work because the software is it's outdated, and I just refuse to do it. I'm the guy who would just continue to press like uh, install tonight, or try again later, or try again later, and months later, I'm just still hitting try again later because I don't like change very much. Um, now, that may be fine for my iPad and my other devices, but it is terrible when it comes to the mind. Um, Paul uses these words um, to be transformed, and he uses the word to be renewed. Um, the words transforming or, or renewing are very similar, and they mean to update or to upgrade to a better version of something. See what Paul is doing here. He's saying, hey, quit worrying about plagiarizing their process and worry about upgrading your picture. Renew your thinking. And what I mean by this is, you know, we've spent so much time looking at the brochure of culture and social media to decide what to do. And Paul would say, if you're a follower of Jesus, listen, that picture is outdated. It is not in keeping with your software. It doesn't work anymore. And if you continue to try to make it fit or to make it work, you're going to find yourself lagging. You're going to find yourself glitching. You're going to find yourself not quite living up to the potential that you have spiritually. Upgrade the picture. And what Paul is saying is upgrade the picture and put mercy in the frame. Hold your thoughts up against mercy. Hold your thoughts up against what Jesus has done for you in the cross. Come on, that means as we step into this new future, we've got to upgrade our thinking. And if mercy has set me free, 
then I'm going to have to rethink the things in my life that I do simply because I feel obligated to do them, simply because I feel pressured into doing them. That is not compatible with the freedom upgrade in my system. I'm going to have to stay away from places where I tend to get stuck because mercy has set me free. I'm not going to go out on that date simply because I feel bad for him. What kind of pressure nonsense is that? That is not compatible with my upgrade. I'm not going through with it simply because we've booked the venue. That is no reason for me to continue in this marriage path that I've just not felt peace about. I've been set free and I'm going to start making decisions, holding my choices up against Mercy. I'm not going back to a schedule that has us running around and feeling like we are slaves to the calendar. That doesn't keep well with the freedom that mercy has brought for me. Put mercy in the frame. And if mercy has forgiven me, then I'm going to want to think, how does his forgiveness influence the way that I live in this new future? I'm going to hold on to a grudge for something that you said to me three months ago? Come on, that is not in keeping with the new software that I've received on account of the cross. Put mercy in the frame. I'm going to hold you at arm's length and I'm going to start to rail against you on social media because I disagree with your crazy views after I've experienced the forgiveness of Jesus. That doesn't fit in this frame. If I'm going to go all in and I'm going to go all out, I've got to put mercy in the frame. And if I've been forgiven, then I'm going to step into this new season of learning what it looks like to let things go. And if mercy has secured my forever future, my eternal forwarding address, hang on a second, I'm going to step back into this life and live for retirement? <laughs> I have an eternal beach awaiting me. I have too much work to do on account of what God has called me to. And who decided Florida? Anyway, but whatever, that's beside the point. I want to rethink my decisions with mercy in the frame. I'm coming out and I'm going to live radically, not captive to fear. If I really know where I'm going and what my eternity is, then I'm going to live with a little less fear. And if mercy tells me that God has friended me, then I want that to influence the way I think about the people around me. If he's called my sinful self friend, then I'm not going to beef with you over ridiculous things. And I'm definitely not going to hold you at arm's length because of the color of your skin or because of your cultural background. That doesn't fit with mercy's update. Paul would say to us, hey, if you are going to live all out, if you are going to go all in, quit plagiarizing and upgrade the picture. Make your decisions based on what Jesus has done for you. Put mercy in the frame. Isn't that what he says in view of God's mercy? 
go all in, live all out. And I'm telling you, I feel like God has kind of crashed the system for many of us and is giving us an opportunity to decide which apps are we going to reinstall. And I say this because there's been so much talk about getting back to normal. And Paul would say to us, I am begging you, I am begging you, redefine normal in light of the mercy of God in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Redefine normal before you run back to it. Ask the question, does this fit with freedom? Does this fit with the forgiveness that I've received? Does this fit in light of the fact that my eternity is secure? Does this fit in light of the fact that I am a friend of the living God? Please do not rush back to normal. Ask the question, is this really something that I want to go back to? And am I going back to it because it keeps with mercy? Or am I going back to it because well, it's what we've always done? And this is the pressure and the expectation and we're supposed to. We have an opportunity that I'm telling you we will probably not get again in our lifetimes. And Paul would beg us, make the most of it. Do not rush back to things as they were. Go back to a future that is framed by mercy and framed by an upgraded picture. Well, we're going to continue to wrestle through what some of this looks like. And let me just tell you, if you think you know where this conversation is going, <laughs> you don't. But I'd invite you to tune back in next time as we continue to wrestle through what it looks like to go back to the future. I'm going to say a quick word of prayer, and then I would invite you to gather with some folks and have this conversation honestly, and maybe even ask other people, what things in my life do you see that I'm doing out of obligation, or I'm doing because everybody else does them? Because I want to be very careful what things I go back to. So Father, I pray you'd give us wisdom, and I pray you would give us uncharacteristic courage to quit copying what everyone else is doing and to upgrade our picture and live in light of freedom and live in light of forgiveness and live in light of forever and live in light of our friendship with God. May our lives be different because of the cross and may our world be different because of the cross and may the church become the picture that the world is looking at, just as Jesus desired it to be. It's in his name that we pray, amen.